You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Let's get into the biggest news of the day. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans. That game just kind of poof, went right into the air, disappeared, never to be seen again. Uh, It will be rescheduled, but uh, they both have different bye weeks, so we're not sure how they're going to finagle the schedule to make it work. If you've heard my podcast the other day, you know I'm really against this because they kind of had a policies and procedures in place to, you know, like a call of action of what they were going to do if the situation arose. Situation arose, and then they just kind of ignored the everything that they planned and decided that canceling would be the best option. And this is due to practice. And... I know you need to practice, it's the NFL, but you also need to not have the coronavirus. And, you know, my my big thing behind this whole thing is you play the players that don't have coronavirus. It's as simple as that. You have a 15-man practice squad. That was what it was set up for. That's what you need to use it for. And I'm not trying to be, you know, insensitive to the fact that there's a pandemic going on, but what's the point of having the plan? What's the what's all the uh, concessions to have the expanded rosters if when the first time that an outbreak occurs you freak out and cancel the game anyways it it makes no sense and I get that they have to do all the testing and make sure everyone's safe but you know you can get all the testing done in in a week's time and then you play the players that are available to you and you don't meet at a field and practice and you're holding this high regard for practice, which you need to practice. But again, it's practice. So you 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 know your team was put in that situation, whether it was fair or not. The NFL has always been moving forward, and you know they were the first ones to have the the virtual draft when everyone said they shouldn't. They were kind of the 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 leaders in how to proceed with sports in the pandemic. And then they finally have an outbreak like they did with Tennessee. And they're trying to try and stall everything and hold everything off. And I just feel like you need to move forward like you have in the past. And I'm not in favor of this. And, you know, the, the players will say all the right things. Coach will say all the right things. But I guarantee if you're on the Steelers, you're not excited about that or happy about it. And on, on the Titan side of things, I feel like they want these concessions from the NFL that they're getting because they're like, Oh, we messed up. We don't want to have to suffer for it. You know, let's play the Steelers where it's fair. And I, I, especially if I'm CBS, I I don't want to postpone this game. You know, if I have to move it to a primetime slot, that's really going to help my ratings and that's going to make me money. So if I'm looking at it from a TV sponsorship perspective, I want that game this week at a primetime slot. And the fact the NFL did away with that, uh, I'm just all the way around. I'm I'm feeling kind of, I don't know, I'm not feeling good about this thing. And, and I'm not one of those people, you know, I, I think you need to use total discretion on everything. You need to be really safe. I feel like this pandemic's a really big deal and a big thing. You need to be really careful and safe. So having said that, I think you shouldn't punish the teams that have been doing that. Teams that haven't, well, if it comes down to it that you can't play the week you're scheduled, then you need to forfeit the game. And I know we all want to see the game. I agree it's kind of an easy way out for the team that uh, doesn't have to play and gets the win, but that's the way it goes too. If you can't make it on on the time you're supposed to be there uh, that was scheduled, then that's on you. And uh, there's, there's things that you needed to do differently. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm done talking about it. I've talked about it for five minutes. It's just uh, the big news story of the day, and I really wanted to get my two cents in about it. Moving on to 
other well actually it's gonna I'm gonna keep on the theme of the Tennessee Titans and Pittsburgh Steelers because it's really fantasy relevant. If you have any Pittsburgh Steelers or Tennessee Titans, you you need to take them out of your lineup. You know, if they're in your lineup, they're still going to count, and they're not playing. So this is like their buy, but unofficial buy. So get them out of your lineup. Put people in that are going to actually play. And, you know, if you have Chris Boswell or, I don't know, Tennessee defense, Steelers defense, you're going to need to pivot off of that and try to go to the uh, the waiver wire to pick somebody up. And uh, that's not always an easy thing either because, you know, if you have Steelers defense, you don't want to drop them for another defense. You want to drop someone else for, you know, and keep the Steelers defense. In Tennessee, you know, their their defense is probably good enough that you might want to keep them as well. So in that situation, you got to figure out the uh, worst player on your roster to drop to uh, to make those changes. And with the injuries and things that are going on, it could put you – could put you in a, a rough situation this week in regards to uh, addressing a full lineup. So my advice to you, obviously, worst player, drop them, pick up the defense. Uh, kicker, you can drop the kicker regardless. I don't care if he's the number one kicker in the league. Drop him, pick up a kicker, and uh, you know plug him in there. So that's not as big of a situation. Moving on to news of injuries, I'll start with the bad news first because... I like to be positive at the end of all my segments. I, Alan Lazard, he had muscle core surgery, and the core is a pretty big deal. It's, you know, it's a pretty significant injury that can be lingering. So who knows when he's going to be back, but the, the timing of it really stinks because he kind of had his breakout moment last week, you know, had a hundred and forty something yards, a touchdown. Looked like Aaron Rodgers' go-to with Devonte Adams out. Devonte Adams is coming along. He might play. He might not. But you know, the the sad thing about that is, Alan Lazard is not going to be there, and he might be gone for a really long time, depending on how long his recovery takes. And I'm not a medical expert, so I don't know indefinitely. That could be all year. It could be one week. But, you know, I'm guessing a surgery like that at least is like four to six weeks minimum. And there's a lot of people that rush to their waiver wires to pick them up or uh, picked them up recently and were planning on using them. Well, the sad thing about that is now you can't. And you need to find, you need to pivot off of that and find a replacement for Alan Lazard because he's not going to play and he's not going to play anytime soon. Um, some... Happier news is George Kittle is practicing, and there's a chance he could play this week. And, you know, I, I mentioned that Ross Dwelly might be a good play this week if Kittle doesn't play. And if Kittle plays, he's an amazing play. He's actually probably the best play at tight end this week just because it's George Kittle. So we'll, we'll definitely want to monitor that because if you can add George Kittle back to your lineup, that's a game-changer. Uh, I always say Kelsey and, and Kittle, they're the two most consistent tight ends. They're the only two tight ends that average double figures uh, in points every year. And they're going to get you, they're game changers at the position. And if you can put them in your lineup, they're uh, they're definitely going to help you regardless. So we have that. And yeah, let's move on. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban weekly preview starting now first game I want to preview is it's actually a reason why I want this to be the first game it's the New York Giants at the Los Angeles Rams and there's actually a lot of fantasy goodness in this and there's actually a 
bench that you might not expect. So let's get right to it. New York Giants are 13-point underdogs to the Los Angeles Rams. That's too much for my liking. Uh, You know, a team like the New York Jets, maybe, 13-point underdogs, I can see that. Giants, though they will lose this game, that's two touchdowns. I don't think the Rams beat the Giants by two touchdowns. So I'm taking the Giants on this one. In regards to fantasy football, I'm starting Daniel Jones. I know he's been getting a lot of static, you know, hey, we should bench Daniel Jones, we should drop Daniel Jones. Don't do that because here's the deal. With Daniel Jones, everybody and their moms knows that he had a really tough first three weeks of the season. And I'm not even saying that this is necessarily a picnic. It actually is a, is a decent matchup, but it's not probably the best matchup. But I think Daniel Jones is going to have a good second season. And, you know, through the first three games, he hasn't at all. But he's played some really good defenses. He's played the Steelers. He's played the Niners. He's played the Bears. So playing the Rams, I, I think... You know, it's almost a reprieve for him, and he's going to actually show out this game, and he's going to have a good rest of the season. And he's going to put the rest, all the people that are saying that he needs to be dropped off their teams. And you're going to regret it if you do. It's, you know, this is the fourth week, so I get it. Like, oh, it's been three weeks, you know. Uh, How long do I have to wait? Well, again, we knew we had to wait a long time for this. It's kind of like the Houston Texans. We knew they had a tough early slate and that they weren't going to be productive for the first three weeks. You, you wait out the bad matchups, and you know a lot of these players on fantasy football are matchup dependent. Daniel Jones, is he's a young quarterback. He's going to be one of those. So stick with him. Start him this week. I think you'll be happy. He makes my top 12. So if he's in my top 12, he's a start. Jared Goff, you got to start him. And he doesn't necessarily have a good matchup. He's actually matchup-wise outside the top 12. But I I just think that Jared Goff is going to have, you know, his wide receivers are, uh, they're playing a secondary that gives up a lot of yards to the receivers. Even though they're great at containing the quarterback a little bit, there's only two options that he really has to throw to. You know, I guess three, because you got to count Higby. But, uh, it's going to be kind of fantasy gold for Jared Goff, and so this is where I kind of go against the grain in regards to what the stats tell me, and I'm telling you to start Jared Goff. Uh, again, just because of the weapons and, and the fact that I think he, you know, Cooper Cup, uh, Bobby Trees, uh, Robert Woods is his real name, they're going to produce for you. I have Devonta Freeman as a start. And I know that's scary, and I'm sticking my neck out for this, but I said when you were, you know, as a pickup a couple weeks ago that uh, he was a number one waiver priority because he was going to be a number one back. And I said the first week he was going to look pretty bad because he was just getting to the, the team. By the second week, he'd be the starting running back. And the Rams were actually give up a lot of yards to the running back position. So Devonta Freeman is a great play in this regard. And uh, I'm kind of rolling the dice that they're going to use him as the workhorse back and not mix in more Deion Lewis or Wayne Gallman. But you didn't sign Devonta Freeman to sit on your bench. And especially, you know, you, you pay, what, $3 million? To me, when you pay someone $3 million to come in uh, on your team a couple weeks into the season, you're planning on using them. So this being a good matchup, I think this is the first sign you see of how they're going to use Devonta Freeman. And he needs to be a start, and it could pay huge dividends for you. Daryl Henderson, he's a huge start for me. I think he could be one of the big starts of the week. You know, we'll find that out later. But, you know, the Giants give up a lot of yards rushing to running backs. And with Malcolm Brown, his thumb was kind of hurt. He's supposed to be back. Um, Cam Akers is not playing with his ribs. So I think this is going to be the Daryl Henderson show, regardless of what Sean McVay might say. You know, he's in the conferences or the Zoom calls saying, oh, no, I don't know. It looks like he's going to start and be the guy and making everybody nervous. And I'll be honest, usually with the Rams backfield, I would be a little bit nervous. But this 
this is where the stars kind of align for me and the clouds clear and it's like Daryl Henderson is the guy this week. He's going to be the running back. He has a lot of potential. He needs to be the guy. So start Daryl Henderson with a lot of confidence. Cooper Cup, you're always playing him, but he has a good matchup. I think he, you know there's a lot of good things for him from him. Bobby Trees, like I said, um, sorry I call Robert Woods Bobby Trees. He is going to have a great game, and I have Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram in there. Darius Slayton because there's really not a lot else to throw to besides Golden Tate. And Golden Tate's been off to a slow start. So I definitely like the prospects of Darius Slayton. You know, uh, Sterling Shepard was just recently placed on the IR. So that's a lot more targets to go around. And I like uh, Darius Slayton to be getting those. Evan Ingram, he has a great matchup. But I'm worried about Evan Ingram a little bit because he's had good matchups in the past. Like, even last week was a pretty decent matchup, and he wasn't able to capitalize. And this is starting to become a theme for Evan Ingram. Like, he's a huge talent, can't block, but you don't, you know, you don't put him on the field to block. You put him on the field to catch balls, and now he's not catching balls. So, I don't know what to do with him. He has a good matchup. He has a startable matchup. He has the talent to take advantage of it. But Willie, uh, that's, I guess, to be determined. But this is a game that you can definitely start Evan Ingram. If he doesn't have a good game this week, then, I mean, is he going to ever have a good game? I don't know. Um, I'm ready to maybe even pull the plug. Not not drop him necessarily, but maybe try to find another tight end to start in the meantime until he figures it out. Because I'm at the point where I'm starting to get tired of waiting for Evan Ingram to figure it out. But he's a start this week because of this matchup. Uh, I'm sitting Golden Tate. He's, like I said, had a tough go of late. He's in the slot. Not liking this, uh, him being a slot against the Rams. And I have Tyler Higby as a bench because the Giants, in all their bad defense, has done a good job of defending the tight end. And I get that it could be because they've given up so many yards to the receivers. They're like ranked 22nd against the uh, wide receiver position. But, uh, so it doesn't leave a lot of room for the tight ends. But, yeah, uh, it, I like Tyler Higby as a, a player, but this could be a game where he needs to be on your bench. This is the golden matchup of the Sunday afternoon games. It is the Buffalo Bills at the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders looked pretty good at home last time. And Buffalo is favored by three points. I'm taking Las Vegas. No offense to Buffalo. No offense to how they've been playing because they've been crushing everybody. But they haven't played anyone away like Las Vegas. And like I said, I am i don't know Las Vegas' home field advantage yet because, well, for one, they're playing through a quarantine. Number two, they've only played one game at home, and they happen to win against a good Saints team. So I'm just taking that into perspective on this matchup and just saying, well, maybe they play pretty good at home. And Buffalo's traveling all the way to the West Coast. Well, is Vegas really the West Coast, though? Out West, I should say. And I'm just going to take the three points from Vegas. I think Buffalo could still win. I just think it's going to be really close. And give me Vegas. Um, I'm going to say who to sit more than who to start because... This game actually has a lot of fantasy goodness. Like, if you see this matchup, you're probably starting most of your lineup, to be honest. I'm sitting Cole Beasley, I'm sitting Gabriel Davis, and I'm sitting Tyler Croft. And if Dawson Knox is ready to play at tight end over Tyler Croft, I'm benching him too. It's just not a good matchup for the Buffalo Bills receivers. And that's the one thing the Raiders are doing pretty well this year. And I'm putting these names out there under the assumption that John Brown isn't going to play. It doesn't look like he's going to be ready. So if you have John Brown, put him on your bench. Um, You you know, it's not a good matchup anyways. But uh, with him being injured, I, I would definitely pivot somewhere else. Now going to the starts, you're starting Josh Allen. And he doesn't actually have a great matchup, but Josh Allen has been a, a top three quarterback 
two, it might have been all three weeks, to be honest. I'd have to go back and check. But Josh Allen is probably 1B to Russell Wilson's 1A in regards to MVP conversation. Like, he's just been on fire. He's dominating. He's getting, like, four touchdowns a game. He's unstoppable. Josh Allen, you're not benching him ever, no matter who he plays. Put him in there. Derek Carr, he has a good matchup. Uh, You can start him with confidence. I like this Raiders offense. I get that the receivers are pretty banged up with uh, Brian Edwards being out of this one. Potentially Henry Ruggs III being out. That's two of their three starting receivers. But I, I still like Derek Carr. I'm still riding with him. Devin Singletary, great play. I like him more if Zach Moss doesn't play. But even if Zach Moss does play, I like him. And if Zach Moss plays, I like Zach Moss. The The Raiders give a, up a lot of passing yards. And, you know, Zach Moss is... You can't figure him out yet because he's a rookie. He had a lot of receptions the first... Or a lot of receiving targets the first game. Not so many the second game. And then he was hurt. So we're still trying to figure that out. But both running backs are good plays. And if Zach Moss doesn't play, though, Devin Singletary is almost a must-start at that point. I, I think he just will have an amazing game if he's getting all those targets. Josh Jacobs, I have him on here because he's Josh Jacobs. You're starting him in any format. Although, I will say the last couple weeks, he has had a tough go and hasn't been, uh, you know, with the Patriots and with the Saints. He uh, hasn't. He didn't do very well. You know, he he looked amazing that first game, though, against Carolina. Uh, Carolina happens to be the worst team against the Rush. But uh, not Josh Jacobs, by no means, do I think he's matchup de- dependent. I think you should start him in all formats. And he's probably a number one pick for you, so you're playing him. Hunter Renfro, I think he's a great matchup. And by the way, he's really cheap in FanDuel. So he could be a good option for you to throw in there. If you're looking for a really cheap receiver, I'm trying. I think he's $5,300 at this point, and he's the only receiver left standing. So they're, they're the walking wounded. Hunter Renfo, the accountant, is going to do your taxes and then catch, you know, 10 balls off of 16 targets because there's no one else to throw to. And having said that, I know Darren Waller is there. And Darren Waller is an amazing play. You need to play him in, in this matchup. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i fond of Darren Waller because I drafted him last year with my very last pick of the draft, and he just was the number one tight end for me. He Big issue with him was he couldn't score touchdowns. He scored not last week but the week before, and so hopefully they're going to target him more in the red zone. He's a must-start. Stephon Diggs, you know, he doesn't have a good matchup in this game, but Stephon Diggs, and he's had a great year with Buffalo. And I was worried, I was thinking that he was going from Minnesota, you know, a run-heavy team, to going to Buffalo, who's going to be another run-heavy team, and it was just going to be like a lateral movement, you know, when you get a new job, but you don't go anywhere, you just go to the next job and do the same thing. I thought that was going to be Stephon Diggs. But he's proved me wrong, and he's really been the go-to receiver and getting a lot of targets, and he's played great. So I definitely would uh, – st- I'm starting Stephon Diggs every week regardless. And uh, Darren Waller we've already talked about. So this game, like I said, has a lot of fantasy goodness. You're going to be watching it just because of that, or at least if you're not watching it, going to be paying attention to what's going on in the game. And I'm excited t- to be watching this. Another great game to talk about that I'm excited to watch. The New England Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by seven points. And I get that it's New England. They're a good team. Doesn't matter how many team or how many players opt out for COVID. Doesn't matter that they lose Tom Brady. Patriots are always going to be a good team and competitive and probably win the division. Because my God, that division is the I don't know, it's the plague of the NFL outside of the Patriots. But uh, Kansas City is favored by seven points. I think they cover. They're at home. Take Kansas City, give up the seven points. I think it'll be worth it. 
Kansas City is just on fire. I don't see how anyone can stop them at this point, especially at home. Starting Patrick Mahomes, without question, you never want to bench him. You never want to let him go, ever. Never, ever. And you have Cam Newton. I think he's a good play. Mostly not for his passing, because Kansas City does all right against opposing quarterbacks with their uh, their passing. But more for his rushing. I, I think he can make a difference rushing. Kansas City gives up uh, a lot of yards to the quarterback on rushing yards, and, and Cam Newton's a rushing quarterback. So I think he can do some damage there. And just because of that, he is worth a start. He, he makes my top 12 of the week. Uh, Rex Burkhead. But Rex Burkhead for a different reason, because Kansas City, again, is decent at stopping the rush, but not so much at stopping the pass at the running back position. And Rex Burkhead is the receiving running back until further notice, until James White comes back. And James White, I think, is more dynamic for sure. But Rex Burkhead just came off of a three-touchdown game. And I'm not saying he's going to get three touchdowns, but he's going to get a lot of their receiving yards and targets, and he's definitely worth a start. I have Tyreek Hill. I have Tyreek Hill on here because he has a great matchup against the Patriots. They're giving up a lot of yards to the receiver. So, you know, Tyreek Hill actually did pretty good against Baltimore with a stellar secondary. Tyree, uh, the Patriots don't have as stellar of a secondary as the Ravens, so I expect more damage from Tyreek Hill. And McCole Hardman, I think he's a great play this week. He's a big play guy. You need to put him in your lineup. I think the, these are the games where he makes you know more big plays. He had one last week. You know, I get it's hard to have two huge plays two weeks in a row, but I think he does it. And yeah, uh, McCole Hardman's so reliant on that big play because if he doesn't get that big play. He's really not fantasy reliant because there's just not enough targets to go around on that on that offense. So uh, Travis Kelsey, starting him regardless because he's one of the best tight ends in fantasy football and in football in general. And then I have Julian Edelman for the same reason. Cam Newton throws the ball to him a ton. It doesn't matter who he plays with that many targets. Good things are bound to happen, so you need to put him in your lineup. I'm sitting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and. I know. I, I've been sitting him like week after week. He had a great first week of the season, and he produced. And then everyone was on the bandwagon for Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. And not that he did has done horrible, but he just hasn't been that number one back that you're expecting after that first week. And this is a tough matchup against New England. So I'm out on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I know... I read Matthew Barry's article where he was kind of really high on Matthew Edwards or <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and I I disagree with him. I think he needs to be benched. Sony Michelle, same thing. The Chiefs can stop the run. Put him on your bench. Demir Bird, I have on the bench just because uh, they do pretty well. The Chiefs do pretty well against the receiver position. And outside of Edelman, I'm benching everyone. And believe it or not, Demir Bird is the second receiver on the Patriots. So if anyone asks you, that's the uh, that's the guy. And it, it's a, I'm whispering because it's kind of a secret. Nobody knows. But he's the guy that's uh, he gets a lot of targets in the game. And I actually liked him for the Cardinals last year when he played for them. He was a intriguing receiver. They just had so many of them. And now that he's at the Patriots, I think he can do some damage. Just not this game, though. This game, uh, I would put him on my bench. And Keneal Harry, same reason, except for I like Bird better than Harry. I think Bird's a better receiver. And, you know, Harry's getting all the play, and I get it because he's a first-round draft pick. He's from the Patriots, so if the Patriots draft him in the first round, he has to be really good. But I don't think he's very good. I think Harry is a not a good receiver whatsoever. He needs to be on your bench, not because he's not a good receiver, but because of uh, it being a bad matchup. And then Ryan Izzo, the tight end for the Patriots. Uh, Devin Asiasi, whoever the tight end is, they just need to be on your bench because the Patriots don't use the tight end position anymore. You know, Aaron 
Hernandez murdered some people. Rob Gronkowski retired and then came back to the Buccaneers. And since then, they haven't been able to really fill that tight end position like uh, they have in the past. So it will be an exciting game, though. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, watching the Chiefs offense right now, who doesn't like watching that offense? So uh, we'll, we'll talk about it uh, afterwards. So the Sunday night game is the Philadelphia Eagles at the San Francisco 49ers. And San Francisco is favored by seven. I think the San Francisco 49ers win, and they win by more than seven. So I'm taking them and giving up the points. In regards to fantasy football, who am I starting? I'm starting Nick Mullins. I get he's a backup quarterback, and he hasn't played yet this year. But he played a lot last year when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt, and he played pretty well on, on certain matchups. He was a, a good play, and I think this is a good enough matchup that he's a good play again. I think he's a top 12 quarterback this week. Top 12. So he needs to be in your starting lineup. And I know what you're saying. Nick Mullen sounds like your elementary school friend who you used to trade baseball cards with and you know play Army with on the playground during lunch. But... Uh, this Nick Mullins is legit, and he needs to be in your starting lineup. Jared McKinnon, he needs to be there just because it's the 49ers. And it's not necessarily a great matchup against the Eagles. They do all right against the rush. But the volume that the Niners run the ball is just insane compared to the rest of the league. And having said that, Jared McKinnon's supposed to be back. So I'm saying that he's going to be back. And I'm starting Jarek McKinnon. I think it's a decent matchup, uh, good enough to put him in there, at least for your flex play. I mean, if anything, definitely your flex play. He could be a running back, too, to be honest. So just because of how much the 49ers run the ball. Brandon Ayuk, I got him in there. He needs to be starting. Really like the receiver. He's dynamite. Actually, imagine him and Debo Samuel both playing at the same time. I mean... They like to run, and imagine those two both being off of like jet sweeps, and I think they'll get more yards running the ball than they will passing the ball. They're just they're both kind of the same receiver to me, to be honest. Kendrick Bourne, I'm starting Kendrick Bourne. I am a Kendrick Bourne believer, and the reason why I'm a Kendrick Bourne believer is because they don't have anybody else, nobody else to besides Brandon Ayuk, but. Kendrick Bourne needs to be in there, and you need to start him and play him, at least as a flex. I think he has a big game against the Eagles. Now, there is a caveat to that because if the Niners get a huge lead, then obviously they're not going to be passing the ball much. But Kendrick Bourne is one of those sneaky plays where no one really ever hears of the guy, but then it's time for him to step up, and he does, and he gets a touchdown or two. And you're like, where did Kendrick Bourne come from? Why didn't I ever think of him? Well, you need to think of him now. This is a game to be starting him. George Kittle, I have Ross Dwelly on here too because I'm not sure who's starting. I think it's Kittle. Play him, obviously. If, even if it's Ross Dwelly, play him. Eagles have great tight ends, but they cannot defend the tight end. So play any tight end against the Eagles. Sitting Carson Wentz, um, I... I'm done with Carson Wentz at this point. He's been a big disappointment. And it's not all his fault. He has a lot of weapons hurt. Alshon Jeffrey hasn't played yet. Jalen Rager just went on IR. Dallas Goddard is on IR for you know the other tight end just recently. And so his weapons are diminishing, and he has a lot of pressure to produce, and he's not able to do it. And, and this is a bad matchup, so I don't expect him to. And I have Miles Sanders on here. And I know what you're saying. You know, Miles Sanders was my first-round pick. What's going on? And I'm just really nervous because it's not a good matchup. It's not a good matchup at all. The The Niners are, you know, one of the top run defenses in the NFL. But outside of that, he's hurt. So it's like, well, if he does play, is he going to get re-injured? You know, is he good enough to go out there and actually produce? And it's against the Niners, who are good anyway. So even, even if he doesn't get injured, is he going to produce? It, it's just, there's too many questions for me. I like the sure things when I put my lineup together. You know, th these gambles pay off sometimes. And I guess it depends on where you're at in 
you know, record wise, if you are losing or, you know, you're one and two, oh and three, you might want to take that chance to get off the snide. But if you're three, you know, two, two and one, three and oh, I think Sanders is a risky play. You, you want the sure points. And Miles Sanders this week, just, there's a lot of ick about it that I don't like. And I love Miles Sanders. I, I do. You know, I have him on my fantasy team myself, and I'm trying to make this decision. But due to this matchup, I have him on my bench, and I'm I'm sorry. I wish I didn't. I, I just I can't deceive myself. I got to be, you know, I got to be, I got to tell the truth. Got to be truthful with my listeners. Miles Sanders is on my bench. Greg Lloyd or <laughs> Greg Lloyd, Greg Ward. He is also on my sitting list. JJ Arcega Whiteside, Deshaun Jackson. Zach Ertz, basically all Philadelphia receivers are on my bench. Niners, defense, all the way. Eagles, offense is a mess right now, and I'm not excited about any of these options this week in regards to producing you fantasy points. I get Zach Ertz, you're probably starting. And so when I have guys on my sit, I don't expect you to necessarily sit them, but I just it's a way for me to tell you to temper your expectations on actually producing and having a a big day. You know, if they have an average day, feel lucky because this is not a good matchup for them. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this Sunday night game. San Francisco, I think they cover the spread. So, good luck. Now it's the Monday night matinee, and it's the Atlanta Falcons at the Green Bay Packers. Packers are favored by 7.5. And I gotta be honest, I am taking Atlanta. I, I don't think they win. Here's what I think happens. I think Atlanta is leading by like three touchdowns at the half. And then the Packers just come back in the closing minutes to win the game. Crush the souls out of the Atlanta Falcons. And I get, you know, I get the seven and a half point spread, but the Although the Falcons are 0-3, they've played everyone pretty close. They just can't win the games. So instead of saying who I'm going to start, I'll say who I'm going to sit first because it's one person. Everyone else is a start. I have Hayden Hurst. You need to sit him. Packers can defend the tight end position. Not good if you're a Hayden Hurst owner. Mostly because he hasn't uh, came out and done anything so far this year. But I think that continues. This is not a good matchup for him. He needs to be on your bench. Starting-wise, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, don't really need an explanation for that, but they're both top 12 quarterbacks this week. Both teams can't defend the quarterback position very well, and they're going to be passing all over that secondary. I have Todd Gurley as a start. He's a, a great start against Green Bay. Packers do give up rushing yards. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage. If Julio Jones doesn't play, Russell Gage is even a better play on this day. So, you know, it, it all depends on, I guess, Julio. But to be honest, if Julio does play, I still think Russell Gage is a decent play because he was getting nine targets with Julio Jones playing. And uh, this is going to be a matchup where I think they'll have to pass a lot. Aaron Jones I have on there because he's bench-proof. You don't ever bench Aaron Jones, although this isn't a great matchup. But I don't know if it's not a great matchup because the Falcons are great at stopping the run. It could be that the Falcons just can't stop the pass, and so no one tries to run the ball against them. That can happen. I don't think there's enough of a sample size to say that that's not the case. But regardless, I'm starting Aaron Jones because of you know, he's freaking Aaron Jones. You, you start him. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is amazing. He's a must-start every week. It doesn't matter who he plays. You know, and I have Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard on here. There's no guarantee that either of them play. If that's not the case, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is an amazing play because where are those balls going to go to? They're, you know, uh, Aquinas St. Uh, Brown uh, if I said his name right, he uh, he went on IR earlier, and I don't know most of their backups, to be honest. Uh, I wish I did. I don't. I probably 
probably should, but I don't. Robert Tanyan, he is a good play as well. Uh, Robert Tanyan is a tight end for the Packers. Packers don't use their tight ends very much. So, you know, is it a risky play? Yeah, it is. But at the same time, he had an amazing game last week with a good matchup, and this is another good matchup. So, especially with the potential of Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard being out, I think that increases his volume. And, you know, with the Packers, I mean, Derek Shepard's going to play opposite Valdez-Gantling. I mean, I, I just don't know who else there there is at this point. And the Packers didn't do a very good job of getting receiver depth in the offseason, and now it's coming back to bite them in this one. But, uh, yeah, I uh, think, you know, I, I think Atlanta uh, – I think Atlanta is a team to pick. I don't think Green Bay covers the spread. I do think Green Bay wins. They'll remain undefeated. Will be an interesting game to watch. Monday night, be there, and uh, we'll see what happens. Now it's time for the Burke and Miz the Wiz Montalban Stars of the Week. Let's see who they are. Here's a fun segment, the Stars of the Week. And I like this because this is me trying to pick the top three players at each position for the week. And as you can see, I'm pretty much setting myself up for failure because I've never been right. But fun to guess and see how close I am in regards to who I think is going to be the top three players at each position. And again, I'll take the scrutiny for it because... I'm I'm really sticking my neck out there trying to predict you know the top three players, but here we go. Regardless, we're gonna do it. Starts of the week at quarterback. My number three is Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Seattle. Seattle's just horrid. They're thirty-one, actually thirty-two against the pass at quarterback. No, I take it back. They're thirty-one. Uh, but regardless, Ryan Fitzpatrick is great on good matchups. So I have to keep him in there. I've tried to add other people, like maybe Joe Burrow. He has a good matchup. You know, there's there's, there's some good matchups. And I, I keep going back to Brian Fitzpatrick in this matchup against Seattle. He's at home. Seattle's traveling all the way to Miami. They're already bad at covering the pass. And I, I just think he's a top three play this week. That's how confident I am in Ryan Fitzpatrick and... His beard. The beard is going to lead the way in this one. Number two, Dak Prescott versus Cleveland. And I just like to pick on Cleveland, to be honest. They're they're horrible against defending the quarterback position. And Dak Prescott, though, you know, they're not they're not even in the top five. They're like the eighth worst. But with the way the the Cowboys offense is clicking, Dak Prescott, the way he's been playing. I have to put him in the top three. I just can't help it. I really want Josh Allen here because he's made it every week, and I keep not believing in him. And I'm a believer now. I'm totally a believer. I converted after this week, but I think he just slides right outside the top three and will be a top five. So having said that, Dak Prescott is the number two star of the week at quarterback against Cleveland. He's just going to eat that defense alive. So many weapons. You know, CeeDee Lamb is going to just be a dominant force in this game. Michael Gallup, I like him better than Amari Cooper. But Amari Cooper's been consistent. He's gotten the same amount of points basically every week. And Cedric Wilson has all of a sudden burst onto the scene too. So it's, you know, who doesn't have more options than Dak Prescott at this point? My number one star of the week is Russell Wilson at Miami. And I know, I know, it doesn't take a lot to say Russell Wilson is going to be top three quarterback, but especially with how good he's been, he's going to keep it rolling. And I just, you know, top three is top three. He's done it every week. He's done 14 touchdown passes in the first three weeks. He's going to keep rolling. And he's my number one star because Miami is not good at stopping the pass. They're good at stopping the run. Not so the pass. So Russell Wilson definitely deserves to be there. He's the best quarterback right now, so with a great matchup, why would you not put him number one? 
Number, or I guess we'll move to running back at the running back position. My number three is James Robinson for the Jaguars at Cincinnati. And I wasn't a believer in James Robinson last week against Miami, and that was my mistake. All the stats told me that, you know, the Dolphins can defend the rush, which they actually did. Um, they can defend the, you know, the running back and receiving, and they didn't do that. That was That's what actually did me in in my prediction. But this week, regardless, Bengals are not the Dolphins, and I never, or never thought I would say that. The James Robinson, undrafted free agent, that ended up starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars, is going to have another amazing game against this Cincinnati Bengal defense. You can mark it down. I'm excited to see it happen. I wasn't a believer before. Like I said, I doubted him against Miami. I doubt him no longer. He's my number three star. Number two is Dalvin Cook at Houston. And it's just because it's Dalvin Cook, right? Like, he went against Tennessee, and I was worried about him a little bit. Like, not that he wouldn't do good because he's matchup proof. He always gets at least 80 yards in a touchdown every game. You can bank on it. You can bank on it. He's going to get 80 yards in a touchdown. But Dalvin Cook at Houston, it's a really great matchup. It's a way better matchup than he even had last week against Tennessee, even though Tennessee has not defended the run very well. And I just, you know, he he's my boy, Dalvin Cook. I'm going with him as a number two star. I think he does even better than he did last week. Not necessarily in yards, because he got a lot of yards last week, but, you know, maybe a good extra touchdown. This is just a good matchup for him. I'm all on Dalvin Cook train. Number one, this is really easy, too. You're going to be like, why am I listening to a podcast that is just telling me that, you know, the best player is going to get the best points in the week. And that's kind of what this is. Alvin Kamara. But Detroit is 30th against the running back position. And it's Alvin freaking Kamara. Like, passing, rushing, everything all together. Like, he's going to score five touchdowns, get 300 yards of offense. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but... I'm not exaggerating by much. Like, this is the expectation for this type of game. And usually when you have this type of expectation, it doesn't happen. But, you know, all the numbers say that it should happen. And I, it's too much to ignore not keeping him at number one. At wide receiver, my number three is Bobby Trees, Robert Woods uh, for the Rams against the Giants. It's a great matchup for him. 22 Giants are 22 against the wide receiver position and I just like this matchup to be honest I I really think Robert Woods is going to have an, an amazing game against the Giants and Cooper Cup is there I get it it was tough picking between the two but this just seems like a this seems like a Bobby Trees game to me so Bobby Trees is going to come out of the shadows and surpass Cooper Cup in this one and, and be a top three receiver for the week Devontae Parker is my number two star of the week versus Seattle. And Devontae Parker has done okay. He hasn't done bad. And Ryan Fitzpatrick loves him. And Devontae Parker is an exciting player. I just really like him. And he's playing the Seahawks, which they give up like 14 on average, 14 more yards, or I shouldn't say yards, 14 more points than the second-place team at the wide receiver position. They just give up a ton of wide receiver points. And so I'm choosing the best player. I mean, it could be Preston Williams. It could be Isaiah Ford. It could be a lot of different people. But I'm going with Devontae Parker because he's the best talent, and I think he dominates Seattle and gets a lot of yards this week. This is kind of his breakout game where he's going to be relevant the rest of the season. My number one star of the week at receivers, Tyreek Hill versus New England. I know what you're thinking. He's going against the last year's Defensive Player of the Year and Stephon Gilmore, and I don't care. The Patriots haven't been good at defending the receiver position, and Tyreek Hill is so versatile. You know, he can take a jet sweep all the way to the house. He can get a punt return all the way to the house. And uh, Tyreek's going to be my number one receiver for this week against the, the Patriots. 
And I guess what? We have tight end that's left. At number three, I have TJ Hawkinson versus the Saints. The Saints cannot defend the tight end position. And TJ Hawkinson is a decent tight end. It's his second year. I think that he takes the next step from his rookie year where he had a great first week and then kind of disappeared the rest of the, the year. No more for TJ Hawkinson. He's going to have a great game against the Saints. He's going to be a top three tight end. George Kittle is my number two versus Philadelphia. I don't want to talk about it too much because, I mean, it's easy to pick George Kittle. He's one of the top tight ends in the league. He has a great matchup. Why would George Kittle not be here? It's pretty much a, a no-brainer. And, and regardless, if he doesn't have a good matchup, you're playing him anyway. So uh, we don't need to talk about it. Number one is Mark Andrews versus the Washington football team. I just think this, you know, Mark Andrews had a couple of bad games. He had one okay game. This is kind of his breaking out point. He's Lamar Jackson's number one target. They don't use their receivers at all. I've hated their receivers all offseason. It hasn't changed my mind yet with the you know first three weeks of the season. Mark Andrews is going to just break loose, as is Lamar Jackson. So Mark Andrews need to be played in all formats. He's going to have a great game. Play him. Reap the rewards. Mark Andrews is the number one tight end. So defenses, I mean, we can talk about defenses a little bit. I don't get into it too much, but obviously San Francisco against Philadelphia with how banged up they are, I think that uh, that's a great play. You need to be playing San Francisco. And then Chicago and Indianapolis, maybe – you play Indianapolis, but I kind of like Nick Foles, and I think he has the Bears recovering a little bit. So that's something that you need to think about in regards to playing an Indianapolis offense. It's not the Mitchell Trubisky you know, crap show that it was before. Uh, things can definitely turn around on that. I like Houston against Minnesota. Minnesota's just not good. They can't play defense. They're going to be you know, behind, so I think Minnesota has a potential to score some points, but... When you're passing a lot, I think you have a, a propensity to throw a lot of interceptions. And uh, so I'm liking the Houston defense play a lot on this one. And then I actually like the Cowboys against the Browns. And, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Chargers is a good uh, is a good play as well. There's just, you know, there's not a lot of good defensive plays this week, to be honest. There's not a lot that, like, stand out to me. But uh, the ones that I mentioned, those are the ones that I feel comfortable rolling with and seeing what happens. And I want to get my jabs in at Cleveland right now. I think this is a game where they're expecting Baker Mayfield to be able to, you know, be in a shootout with Dak Prescott. He's not going to be able to. And he's going to turn over the ball a lot. And it's really going to help the Cowboys' defense. So... Keep that in mind. We'll see if it plays out. Trust me, I revisit these. I stand by them. And uh, if I'm wrong, then I, you know, I admit I'm wrong. But uh, this will be – I'm excited to see how I do. Here's a fun segment. This is where I give my FanDuel picks of the week, trying to win everybody money. And last year I did a really good job, and, and so far this year I've uh, been out of the money. So mostly due to injury, I do have an asterisk by that because, you know, I can't predict guys getting hurt. But regardless, let me give you this week's play. I'm pretty confident in that it will get you some money. But when am I not confident in picking these? So first off is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's my quarterback, $7,100 against Seattle, 31st against the quarterback position, and I just like this matchup a lot. All the quarterbacks against Seattle look really good, and Ryan Fitzpatrick does great on good matchups, so I have confidence, and I need to save some money because I have some big plays coming up, so that definitely weighed into my decision. I think he was the best play at the cheapest price. My first running back is Alvin Kamara. He was not cheap at all. He actually was very expensive. And I actually had to rob a couple banks to get him on my roster. But he's in there at $8,800. He 
Detroit is horrible against the rush. And on top of that, horrible against the pass uh, to running backs. And both of those play well to Alvin Kamara's skill set. So he's a no-brainer to get him in there. I would have spent I would spent my whole budget on Alvin Kamara and just played him against everyone's full rosters. That's how highly I think of Alvin Kamara in this matchup. James Robinson, he's my second running back. You heard me talk about him and how much I like him against Cincinnati. And I just think that, you know, he continues to impress and, and get a lot of targets. And he's my second running back play. My first receiver... I, I had to go a little bit cheaper on the receivers because I stacked up on the running backs and the flex. But my first receiver is Preston Williams. I really wanted Devontae Parker. He didn't fit into my budget. So I went with the next best thing and went with Preston Williams. I like Preston Williams. He's at $5,500. He definitely is cheap. And he's against the worst secondary in football. So throw him in there. Um, I'm happy with that, especially at that price. My second receiver is DK Metcalf for the kind of the same reasons. The you know Miami Dolphins are the very worst, or actually I shouldn't say the very worst. They're they're the twentieth worst, which I guess there's twelve teams worse. But uh, he's cheaper than Tyler Lockett. Kind of the same model that I used with Preston Williams. He's cheaper than Tyler Lockett. Has the same potential to bust out. He actually would have had a monster fantasy game last week if he wasn't lollygagging at the goal line and got the ball knocked away from him. So I'm going with DK Metcalf this game. I think maybe he's the one that gets targeted more. And at $6,900, that's a bargain to me. My third receiver is Hunter Renfro. He's $5,300, so he's cheap. He's he's like a I'm dumpster diving. I'm, I'm like the Bob Nutting in the Pirates. I am dumpster diving and... Hunter Renfro at $5,300 one against Buffalo, who's 24th against the wide receiver position. And here's the thing I like about Hunter Renfro. All their receivers are hurt. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards. Like, who are they going to throw to? Obviously, Darren Waller. I get that they're going to throw to Darren Waller. But outside of that, you know, receiver-wise, who are they going to throw to? Hunter Renfro is it. And I think he gets a lot of targets, and those targets lead to a lot of points. So I'm going with Hunter Renfro. My tight end position is Mark Andrews. He's at $7,400. He's kind of expensive for a tight end, but he's going against Washington. That's like 27th against the position. And I like Mark Andrews a whole lot in this one. This This is the game where him and Lamar Jackson kind of uh, I guess take out their frustrations from the Kansas City game on the uh, Washington football team. So go with Mark Andrews. Great play. He needs to be in your lineup. He's in mine. My flex play is Dalvin Cook because he's expensive, just like Kamara, $8,700. But he's playing Houston, who's you know top five worse in the league at stopping the rush. Dalvin Cook could play against a team that's top three. It doesn't matter. He's getting 100 yards. I like that consistency. I like the matchup. I'm going with Dalvin Cook. And then my defense, um, it's kind of productive to my Dalvin Cook pick, but I'm taking the Houston Texans. They had a tough road where they had to play the Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, and then the Steelers. And I will. I think they'll find Minnesota's offense a little easier to stomach, and they will be a good play against that atrocious offense of Minnesota. I really think Dalvin Cook is the lone bright spot in that offense from a fantasy perspective. And I have Houston at $3,700. Leaves me zero money. And I don't always try to go for having zero like zero balance on my budget for this type of thing. But it just kind of worked out that way. I think really had to do with I took a lot of star players and I kind of went bargain shopping for the receivers and we'll see if the strategy pays off and uh, hopefully uh, you know you you take some of these picks and uh, use them to make yourself some money on this yay here's the preview to the Thursday night game and this is for Adam Gase I just 
doesn't get more lowly than losing to a third-string quarterback. And he hasn't been fired yet, but I feel like once you listen to this podcast, he will be gone. And it's unfortunate. He tried really hard for as many years as he did. Got his GM fired. Tried to be GM. And in the end, he lost the locker room. I am the owner of the New York Jets. I am firing Adam Gase. Alright, but really, let's go go through this game. And, you know, I felt really good uh, about this game in regards to like how I called it. I picked Denver to cover the spread. And I'll admit, I got a little bit more nervous because when I picked this game, it was supposed to be Jeff Driscoll. And I said to start Jeff Driscoll. Instead, it was Rippin, uh, what Mark Rippin's cousin or son or uh, I don't know. I definitely know he's related to Mark Rippin somehow. But Brett Rippin did all right. He threw three interceptions, turned the ball over a lot, but was able to pull it off. And he scored 37 points against the New York Jets. So Adam Gase allowed 37 points against a third-string quarterback. And I don't know about you, but if I'm a Jets fan, that doesn't sit well with me. I am firing Adam Gase tomorrow morning when he walks in the office. And actually, I won't even let him walk in the office. I shut the door, I lock it, and greet him outside of the office. And have security with me, and we take all his things, and we give it to him outside of the building so he doesn't go into the building. It's just one of those type of firings. And I don't feel bad for Adam Gase because he, you know, he, he did a lot of things that uh, didn't endear his team to him. And when you lose the locker room, you know, you see what happens. I guess you basically get the New York Jets. But I, I said to start Melvin Gordon, and if you started him, good for you because he did a – a lot of good things in this game. He actually got two touchdowns, and outside of the two touchdowns, he got 107 yards rushing, and he even threw in some receiving yards for you. 11 receiving yards, so pretty good fantasy day for him. I said to start the quarterback, you know, I thought it was Driscoll, but Ripken actually threw for 242 yards and two touchdowns. Even with the three interceptions, it's not a horrible day. And I said to start Jamison Crowder if he played. He did. He had seven receptions for 104 yards, which you'd like to see the touchdowns. It didn't happen, but you'll you know if you can get 10 points from your third receiver or flex receiver, you'll take it. So that was a decent night. I did say to start Chris Herndon, and I apologize for that because he only had one catch for 11 yards, and for whatever reason. I mean, at this point, I would drop Chris Herndon because he's just not connecting with Sam Darnold. Uh, it's, it's pretty tragic at this point. You're not getting anything from the Jets' tight end position. Uh, Jerry Judy said to start him, and I got a little lucky on that prediction because he only had two catches, but he had 61 yards and a touchdown. So a touchdown always saves everything. Got you know, got Judy to the you know 12 point mark, which is a decent outing, and. I'll be honest, Tim Patrick had the most amazing day for the Broncos. I didn't even mention him because I didn't see him playing that much. But he had six catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. I had uh, K.J. Hamler. He was hurt, so he didn't return. I liked Noah Fant a lot, told you to play him, and I did. I had Noah Fant. I played him. But uh, he got hurt with his ankle. And it looked bad because he was carted off the field. So you're like, oh, my gosh, the MetLife Stadium field again is, you know, MetLife Stadium field monsters taking out knees and ankles. And this is horrible. Luckily, news uh, reports on Noah Fant is that he's fine. He's going to be back next week. It was just a precaution. And he's not as badly injured as what it looked like, which, you know, sigh relief for me. 
I have, like I said, I have him on my fantasy team. I was worried about it, and it looks like he won't miss a beat. On the Jets side of the ball, uh, Sam Frank Gore, I said to bench Frank Gore. He had like 40 yards, and that was it. That, that was a good call. I said sit Sam Darnold, and uh, it's a mixed bag. Like passing-wise, Sam Darnold was a good play to not uh, not play because he threw for 230 yards, had zero touchdowns. Problem is he had this insane like 50-yard run, 61-yard run. Uh, looked like he was going to be sacked, was able to shake it, juke some guys out, run down the field. You know, looked like he you know did a fake slide, and everyone just kind of looked at him as he fake slid, and then he kept running, and yeah, he just kept going and going, and you're like, man, eh, he's gonna get down eventually. He never got down; he just went all the way to the end zone, and that one play actually made him a little fantasy relevant. Uh, he had 84 yards rushing and a touchdown, so that's like running back one material where he gets like 14, 15 points just on his rushing yards you throw in the added uh passing yards and that's a decent day but uh overall i feel good about my prediction to bench him because you know you're not going to predict rushing yards from sam darnold you're going to go base it off his of his passing yards and he uh he didn't do very well in, in that regard so that's my preview for this game just uh i nailed the point spread i feel good about that i'm back you know Back on my hot streak. Hopefully these rest of these games pan out for me as well. And we'll, uh, we'll see how they go. But it was, uh, it was a definitely a uh, newsworthy Thursday night game. Well, this concludes the analysis of week four. We hope you enjoy your weekend and you come out of the week victorious. We will catch you again next week to go over our hits and our misses. And we hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at Ms. Montalban, and that's M-O-N-T-A-L-B-A-N. And let's get to some football. <laughs>